Shroom for Two, Episode 21, Sunday Fun Day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shroom for Two, the only Plants vs. Zombies Heroes podcast that doesn't use your phone to mine bitcoins. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. Happy almost end of the season. For real this time. Yes. Um, it's uh, As of this recording, it's about four or five days left, uh, so there should be a little bit of time left in the season by the time you hear the show. I'm uh, 36 right now. Um, I'm thinking that uh, despite my crappy performance in the um, the refightening, that some of those decks I played will get me up to 40 before the season's over. How are things up at rank 50, Mike? Uh, nutty. And I, like, I've been seeing a lot of uh, three-nut decks for, in the last couple of days, for whatever reason. Okay. Mo- mostly in Wall Knight, and like, very much like a standard, traditional nut deck, but uh, given a bunch of things, three attack, and... Turns out that that is that does pretty good against a lot of different things out there, unless you're running, you know, some specific counter like a like a laser base alpha or the uh, the three mana knockout destroy things with less than three attack trick. Like unless you're running one of those, it can be real hard to overcome these crazy nut decks. Yeah, three nut is really cool. I mean, like the the first thing that I would think about would be out of Spadow, you know, like those those plants that make a copy of themselves, like Shroom for Two and um, Velociradish, and um, because, you know, one of my favorite things to do with Lily of the Valley, uh, which is still quite good, is to just play a Shroom for Two on the heights, and, you know, so turn three, Lily, Shroom for Two, you get a pair of three threes, um, and that's like quite good, and uh, that same thing works with, um, with Three Nut, uh, even though it um, things keep one health I've mostly been playing with uh, zombie decks for the last couple of weeks. I, that Neptuna deck from last week's episode, it turns out, is real strong, and I love conjuring all kinds of cheap legendaries. And uh, I finally broke down and made a Valkyrie Brainstorm, because mm. like I, it seemed like such a good deck when when the set four first came out that I didn't want to like cave and go to the easy deck, but... You know, like, I finally got around to, okay, what am I actually going to put in here and mess around with? And, yeah, it's as strong as advertised, and there's a lot of different ways you can go around with it. And there's enough room for, like, alternate win conditions out there, like other high-attack things they can put on Mustache Monument, you know, in case you draw bad and don't get your Valkyries right away. Like, you know, things like Kitchen Sink Zombie and Mm -hmm. Shield Crusher Viking fit well and perfectly... I wouldn't be surprised to see Shield Crusher Viking get tweaked down again a mm. little bit because, like you know, it got it was a five five and then it got raised up to a six five and still nobody cared and now it's a seven five and it's incredible, but mostly because of Mustache Monument. Yeah, I think that says more about Mustache Monument than the Viking. Sir F has uh, one of their great uh, write ups about OTK Valkyrie in uh, the Reddit. We'll put it in the show notes, um, and it just talks about like what are what's the core package of cards. You know that that the deck uses to do its thing. Um, what are like the sort of nice to have that support the strategy, and then you know what are the like kind of flex slots that you can use to tweak it depending on what you expect to see or or your preferred playstyle. Um, and it's got you know how the deck varies based on if you work off monument versus um, lurch for launch and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's super well made, and uh, you should read it if you're interested in either playing that deck or trying to beat it. Also, anecdotally, I've been getting the draw a card quest a lot for the last couple of days, so I figured, hey, I, I know how to draw cards real well. Oh yeah, definitely. I've been playing mostly plants, 
redeeming the stuff that I played in the refightening and then also my 10x last weekend this week are um, Green Shadow. And so I've been playing um, a lot of stuff with P-Patch, kind of like a budget replacement for um, Lily of the Valley in many ways. Uh, you know, it only works once, but you you can you can be real smart and like play in front of a 1-1, kill the thing, and then replace it on turn three and like basically get a free kill off the um, off the 2-2. Um, and um, it's just very good at, you know, turning Black Eyed P into a 4-5, or my favorite thing to do with it is Gatling P, because then you get a 7 damage bonus attack, which is good enough to clear the way on pretty much anything. Um, and uh, so, you know, if that's sitting on, like, a um, Planet of the Grapes or something, you know, then, like, not only did you clear the way, and dealt 14, you also drew 4, or drew 2. Yeah, that's been pretty fun. That sounds real nice, yeah. Yeah, I think Planet of the Grapes has kind of, like, stealthily become my favorite card in the game, even when you're doing the kind of cheaty thing of pinging them with like Astro Shroom or something um, and drawing a million cards, that's really fun. But just, you know, getting an extra card off of connecting with them, um, you know, just adds a fun dynamic to clearing a certain lane, you know, like pushing through a bunch of damage in one particular place and using it to get over the top. That's something that um, the bonus attack type removal in Mega Grow is really good at doing. Uh, it just makes for fun gameplay. Yeah. I like when strategies and synergies emerge from cards a little bit after they come out because both uh, both Planet of the Grapes and Astro Shroom were both from Galactic Gardens, but mm-hmm. when Galactic Gardens didn't roll, we didn't all suddenly realize, whoa, this nightcap thing is really cool. You know, it took a few months of them just kind of existing and percolating for for a combo like that to be refined and put in. Totally, and I think that might have as much to do with Mushroom Grotto um, as anything. You know, when Mushroom Grotto cost two, it was like, you know, the bell of the ball. And even when it was three, I think a lot of people still tried to push super hard to make it work. And um, I think a little bit of thinking outside of the tribal box, you know, just like putting everything that says Mushroom into your deck um, can really lead you to um, get visibility, um, interesting strategies, and, you know, just goes to what I was saying uh, several shows ago, which is that there is just like a huge, just soup of strategies waiting to be discovered in this game. Um, And, um, you know, we uh, can only focus on a little bit at any one time. And uh, yeah, it's what makes it so fun. Speaking of what makes it so fun, let's answer some listener mail. Uh, So we've got a good backlog of listener mail. Some of it predates set four. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of that. Uh, So our first one is from listener Elliot, who, and we'll put all these in the show notes in a paste bin saying basically that uh, they were looking for a deck that would go better in Citron instead of Beta Caratina. You know, Beta Caratina's superpowers are kind of a lot stronger, uh, we both said on this show. And um, thinking about how to build around Citron specifically is a fun idea. And uh, so what they came up with is a uh, freezing control deck, uh, which you can also see in the show notes. You know, it's got, um, like, Jolly Holly and... Uh, winter melon at the top end and then you know the squash and chili pepper and stuff um to do the regular freeze stuff it's also got a lot of okay. bean stuff at the low end so it kind of takes the two things that smarty is the the most uh, prominent for and meshes them together doing bean on the low end and freeze on the high end yeah and it's got like cool beans kind of tied together in the middle and then um singleton uh, lima pluridon or lima pluridon i guess to sort of get some extra value off that uh, and of course, Planet of the Grapes. Okay, okay. Uh, and so this... em- embrace debate: Lima Pluridon or Lima Pluridon? Uh, it is a Lima Bean, and so I think it probably is 
Lima Pluridon, but like Lima is the name of a place, and I probably think about it more than I think about lima beans, and so that's just naturally what I say. Okay, so so like pretty much everyone else that knows what a Lima Pluridon is, I first heard it from that old Charlie the Unicorn cartoon, and it was pronounced Lima Pluridon there, so that is how it is in my head. Wait, is a Lima Pluridon a thing? It's a dinosaur. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, we can it's... put Charlie the Unicorn in the show notes as well. Oh, holy crap. Um, okay, well then that's that's an even better name than I thought. So, uh, cool. Good on, uh, yeah, you design design guys. But anyways, uh, Citron Deck. Citron Deck, yeah. And so I think uh, something cool to talk about here, I think, would be set forces that would go well in here. So the first thing that I thought of, uh, because this deck is all about protecting strong plants to get extra, like, multiple turns of value out of them. Um, so the first things I thought of were uh, Rotobega and um, Bird of Paradise. Um, Rotobega is like super strong, but quite fragile because it doesn't attack in its own lane. And Bird of Paradise is just like really strong if you get multiple activations off it. Um, and so I think those uh, would both go pretty good in here. The card that jumps out to me most, uh, I guess pun kind of intended, is actually uh, Jelly Bean from set three. Uh, mm. Seeing all the, the bounce things like Grave Mistake and, you know, maybe also throwing in a primal pea shooter to top on top of that like there's oh yeah primal pea shooter would go there too this deck has a lot of like 2x and 3x and uh you know a handful of 1x things out there and uh like you know it'd probably be better if you had a fourth winter squash and you know maybe take out the frozen pea shooters for the for the bouncing pea shooters and like that but this seems pretty solid and I think all the the weak little creatures benefit well from Citron's superpowers of uh, helping keep stuff alive. Yeah, 3x um, Jolly Holly on the high end seems kind of like a lot. Certainly, freezing synergy is is quite strong, but um, something else in set four that I think would do well at acting as the kind of like control haymaker that Jolly Holly uh, tries to be is Shrinking Violet. Shrinking Violet does a good job at kind of neutralizing things that that don't die, um, but it is also quite good at killing things. You know, I think that is certainly something that I would try if I was looking for a smarty guardian control deck to be happening right now. Mm, yeah, I don't actually have any Shrinking Violets yet, but I I did conjure one of them off of like I think maybe a like a Cosmic Flower or Beta Caratina Superpower, and it can really. Uh, catch your opponent off guard and do a lot of damage like it kills things like dr space time and teleportation mm-hmm. zombie and all sorts of big health nuisances yeah and i think one of the one of the kind of grosser things about it is um what makes rust bolts uh, ultimate superpower so good is that it still plugs up the lane you know and so like if you can get something down to like small enough that you don't care about it um and just leave it alive and let it just plink away and not matter like unless something's got evolution or that thing has fusion um it's just stuck there and they can't play anything over top of it uh and that that can actually be quite hobbling in a game where board control matters thank you listener elliot yes for sure okay so we got another email here from listener elliot which is uh post set four uh again this will be in a page in the show notes but it ultimately settles on um creating a aggro deck uh that they played during the sort of interim period where uh you know the ladder got reset and then it got unreset they made kind of um solar flare aggro that's like a little bit bigger than the the normal like 4x pumpkin uh haunted pumpkin 
Um, solar flare aggro, it like plays a little bit more higher end stuff. Uh, and so you can see in the show notes, set four stuff going on in here is uh, Velociraptor Hatchling, um, Ice uh, Sunstrike, and uh, Allosaurus, which is interesting. Not something that I would have expected to be at the top end of an aggro deck, but it looks pretty cool. And I think that uh, Ice Spore is actually a pretty strong addition to, to decks like that. Yeah, Ice Spore combined with Berry Blast and Mallet, it, that's a really good suite of removal. And Ice Spore also combos really well with the tiny things like Pumpkin and Poison Mushroom. Definitely. I'm not sure about Sunstrike going in here, because like a handful of these cards already have Strike Through, and there aren't a lot yeah. of raw high attack things aside from Pumpkin. And, you know, maybe a Velociradish if you let it grow enough. But, like, you know, good on, good on them for putting Allosaurus in there because I'm still trying to figure out a deck where my singleton copy of that goes really well. And, like, it definitely is unexpected. And I can see it helping keep, uh, keep things like Fireweed or your Elderberry alive for a little bit longer. On the topic of Icebore, one of the good things about that um, is that it keeps your squishy stuff alive i think cosmic flower has always kind of been like just on the threshold of being good um i mean i think it's still fine but like you know deal two damage to their face conjure a pretty good card is like worth very close to three mana maybe slightly less than three mana but dealing four damage to their face and conjuring a, a pretty good card um is definitely good and if you play ice spore into cosmic flower your cosmic flower is going to live two turns most likely uh, and I think that that is, um, that is a neat uh, behavior there. If you're going to do Icebore into a 3-drop, I would probably try and work in like a Poison Ivy or maybe even a Zapricot. Like, Zapricot would work really well with Sunstrike. Sure. But yeah, I mean, like, going fast and do Like, I've been seeing a bunch of Solar Flare everywhere. Solar Flare is still a very good plant hero for some reasons we'll talk about a little bit later. And yeah, like, it's, oh, yeah. it's always nice to see uh, another little twist on... On Solar Flare, you know, seeing what things people have uh, available to them that, you know, like, you know, maybe ideally they'd have uh, Briar Rose in there to help with Cosmic Flower. But, you know, it's cool to see people make do with the cards they have and still have a, a good, reputable deck. Definitely. And in the email, um, they mentioned that, like, the idea was to beat aggro with aggro. And so, like, to have a bit more, like, removal and beef competing aggro deck and so like another kind of non-standard inclusion for an aggro deck in here is 4x current pult you know the one mana one one that gives something minus one minus one if you play it on the heights when you're dealing with dancing stuff or you're like something that's leaving behind fragile x1s being able to get rid of an x1 and get a little bit of damage in it's like a way for your low to the ground deck to beat their low to the ground deck um and so i think that that is a very astute uh metagame call and that um People who are trying to out aggro the aggro, you know, against stuff like the dog, the the two mana two one that makes a one drop. Uh, Colonel Pult is like a good way to kind of beat back some of the card advantage that they get from that. It's also good for evolution fodder because odds are that the zombie player isn't going to go out of their way to to kill the little one one on heights. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, listener Elliot, for this other cool deck. Uh, so our next listener comes from listener Adam, uh, frequent writer into the show, listener Adam says uh earlier in the month said hey my birth it's my birthday and yesterday set four came out so that's cool Lis uh listener adam who's a you know loyal listener of the show got uh, another set of cards for his birthday so that's pretty neat and uh sends us a collection of uh just thoughts on 
cards that changed with the set four release and new cards from there. Um, we're going to single a few of these out, um, and then of course put the email in the show notes for you to read. The first card he mentions is Disco Dance Floor, um, which he thinks is quite good. You know, Overshoot three is is a pretty hefty ability, um, and um, especially when you add up to like putting it on like a Doctor Space Time or something. Um, Overshoot three, which is like already pretty crazy for a, a two mana zero three, is like I think something that's poised to make quite an impact on the meta. What do you think about the, uh, that card, Mike? Um, I wasn't very impressed by it when it first came out because it's a way to put two cards worth of value into one card, and odds are it'll whatever you play on it will still be susceptible to like berry blast or whatever. Like, sure. You know the cards I thought of him at first when when this came out were things like quick draw con man and you know stuff with bullseye but uh one of the daily challenges a couple days ago gave you a dancing zmac deck with uh with bonus track buckethead and i think that mm. right there is a is a phenomenal partner for it like that is a a really good solid body for a dancer which most of them don't have like most of the dancers are are pretty frail so like mm-hmm. you know it seems unlikely that you're able to get a lot of a lot of value out of that that three overshoot, but yeah, overshoot three is is real strong. Like doing doing three damage even before an attack that adds up really fast in in these like high octane dancing decks. And I bet that if I had more of the headhunters, the new legendary dancer card, that mm, that would be a, totally. a really good partner for a dancing partner, if you will, for that. <laughs> yeah, especially if we got plus two plus two in bullseye. Jeez. Yeah, they they um Adam singles out uh the gondola as a yeah, good candidate like, for this. Like maximally living the dream. Yeah, kind of go, kind of goes back to what we were saying in the the set four um, release show, where the fusion cards are kind of behave a little bit like an environment, but that like, you know, the effect goes away when you kill the creature rather than when you override it with an environment of your own, which is just you know like kind of a another formula for for producing a similar effect, which I think from a game design perspective I think is pretty neat. Uh, one of the other things. Uh, that's going on in here. He mentions uh, hunting grounds as well, which we talked about extensively in a previous show. Um, specifically, citing energy drink zombie as like kind of a totally boss combo with that because um, it's moving around already. Uh, yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention here was um, uh, gravitry. Um, we mentioned gravitry previously, and like Adam even asked us about gravitry in a question, um, and I think that he is he's right to point out that gravitry will get more love in um in decks that are happening now because it's just such a strong way to do what it does and you know adding that extra point of power was was a good addition yeah it also functions really well as a way to deflect in teleport shenanigans and able to to mess with like things you'd want to play on a mustache monument and maybe keep yourself from getting killed right away um, yeah, and that's uh, that's by no means all the interesting stuff that's going on in this email, so uh, please take a look at the show notes to see all of that stuff. Uh, and so we have another email here from listener Adam, who was uh, talking about uh, OTK Mustache Valkyrie and uh, how totally bananas it is. Yeah, I think that this is, like, clearly the new meta deck uh, for for this new, like, post-set for environment. And so I was thinking maybe about some like ways to brainstorm like strategies against it. So like if you had to go up against uh o- OTK brainstorm Valkyrie, what would you put in your deck, Mike? Um I would probably put in something with really high attack in the amphibious lane because odds are that the first four lanes are going to be clogged with with little cheap things 
and I would probably try and, like, not take the bait of killing the cell phone zombie or whatever. I right. would, you know, try and just let those, you know, keep lingering away and charging up my block meter. So that would probably involve some healing. Um, I would definitely try and fiddle with my block meter, trying to keep it at a, at you know, a really high, mostly full amount. So maybe stuff like body gourd. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think there would just be a lot of hoping in general involved about, oh man, I just really hope they didn't get it in their opening mulligan. <laughs> Right. And hope for the best. Um. I, oh yeah. Wingnut. Wingnut. Definitely. Duh. Obvious. Certainly. Of course. Um. This is probably getting a little, <laughs> little. Uh. Probably too many counters for for one hero in specific, but also stuff that bounces things. You know. Anytime. Yeah. That's what just... I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, I was gonna like the try try to either get in underneath them or go over the top of them, and so like bouncing stuff with something like jelly bean, um, and then like getting in a smack and then like not letting them be proactive enough um, to eventually slam a giant Valkyrie. And then um, on the other side, um, I would think like just ramping past their ability to deal with it. Something like, um, like Astro Vera, like pair paradise Astro Vera, you know, or um, ramping into like a soul patch or something, putting it out of their reach to kill you with their combo. Cause um, that is like kind of another way to, get your card quality to outpace theirs. Like if their, their deck is full of weenies and then it's got Valkyries and ways to make it get extra attacks. And so chances are, they're really only going to have one volley to smack you with because, you know, any Valkyries they draw later in the game, aren't going to have the same amount of charge as um, the first one. So if you can survive that first inundation, then they're not going to be able to top deck a good card against you and your control decks, all your cards will be great. Um, and so, yeah, so I would, I would say either like Astro Vera type stuff or, you know, just like kind of tempo them out and jelly bean them to death. Yeah. So that would be like Walnut or Rose or Beta Caratina Celeste Citron, something like that. Those, those heroes probably have the best chance of taking out Valkyrie. Of course you could just try and like blitz them down with something like a really high aggro Captain Combustible and, you know. Yeah, totally like to Solar Flare. Like, yeah. One a hero like that to just be able to blitz them down really fast. Yeah, um, Adam also points out uh, Chum Champion being nutty. You know, it's like kind of a weed spray that comes attached to a giant creature. Um, and like, I think I remember uh, like making that exact comparison when it first got leaked. We did a we did a very brief preview of Chum Champion. That's right, we did before. do that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I made a sports Rust Bowl deck. But I just haven't been using it that much. But it's probably really good. Like, there's sports has still been a really strong archetype and. Being able to do like a like a buffed up weed spray like that, and you know, ideally you play this on the Coliseum to make that three four an even bigger body with frenzy. Yeah, how times have changed. That used to be like the best thing to do. Rust Bolt Sports, you know, that was like basically all over the ladder. And I think it's kind of weird to see a card pushed as hard as Chum Chum, um that you know, if that deck had it eight months ago. Um, would have made it even more ridiculous. Yeah, but this, if this was around barely, in the, now you barely see it. If this was around in the Pine Clone meta, we would all be clamoring about sports even more than we had been. Uh, but hey, just one more thing to experiment with. Uh, so thank you, listener Adam, for those uh, cool um, thoughts. And happy birthday earlier before. Yes, happy birthday a week or two ago. All right, and then our final uh, email comes from listener Jacob who writes in with kind of a combination of all the stuff we've been talking about, uh, which is a set for uh, Citron three-nut deck. 
and so it uh, does a whole bunch of interesting stuff. It is definitely a control deck that's trying to get game. So you've got stuff like garlic and hot date uh, to do that. And then kind of the centerpieces of the deck, I think, are Three Nut and Starch Lord. So, you know, Starch Lord is giving you long game um, advantage. Um, and then you have a bunch of stuff like Walnut and Water Chestnut. Um, and even, um, what's it called? Triceratops, um, which, you know, comes into play as a 3-3 with Three Nut in play and then like just grows from there, which I think is a pretty sweet use of Three Nut. There's also a lot of built-in protection in stuff like Spikeweed and Hot Date. Hot Date becoming a 3-1 that also does 3 damage makes it like a, a whole different tier of removal card. Yeah, that's like a hard removal spell at that point. Yeah, and then just like other good control stuff from set 4. So, you know, it's got like um, Primal Walnut and Shrinking Violet and Birds of Paradise. And um, so, uh, yeah, this deck looks pretty sweet, if I do say so myself. I wonder how it would do on the ladder pretty sure i own all the stuff for this i might not have all the three nuts um and i don't think i have four birds of paradise either but i don't i bet four of those is not super essential yeah so i think i'll give this a spin one thing i really like about the the surge of three nut decks coming out is that there are different options for what you put at your high end in that like you can make a three nut deck that also has Beconolith or mirror nut or you know in this case starch lord and bird of paradise which that's really interesting yeah I guess I wouldn't have thought that moving it up from a 3-1 to a 3-2 would be, like, would push it past the threshold of, like, strong playability. Maybe just people didn't pay attention to it before, and that, like, the the health, like, the very minor health buff, like, just sort of put it back on people's radars. But uh, it definitely uh, is a sweet build around me to experiment with, and um, and I will report back with how this deck does. Primal Walnut also probably gave it a just nuts that nut decks in general a shot in the arm because you know not only is it a big defender but it's also another card generator and you know it's a lot of health for only three mana for sure yeah i i definitely uh sang the praises of primal walnut in that piconolith deck i played in the the refightening yeah i guess that like a a one health three nut is susceptible to like getting fireworks zombied or fire roostered before it has a chance to get any value off of it and i guess yeah that was enough to to make it a a stronger build around candidate now in this in this new world and if you're not running weed spray or or knockout or anything like that you you can have a really hard time dealing with like a three eight water chestnut yes i totally agree uh all right so thank you listener jacob for this pool deck yeah it's funny, um, earlier today I was talking about, man, I've been seeing a lot of 3-Nut on the ladder, and I guess our, our listeners have been confirming my bias. Yeah, no kidding. I wonder what the next, like, kind of forgotten thing to, to like, get a big boost from, uh, from set four would be. I mean, like, I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen more shooting starfruit. Like, shooting starfruit is definitely fragile and, like, definitely as much of a build around me as 3-Nut is. But, you know, with the control stuff that came out in set four and things like P-Patch, I think the shooting starfruit could probably do some pretty nasty stuff. I suppose that uh, people who have enough sparks to craft a legendary want to craft the new stuff like Bird of Paradise and all the shiny new things they don't have rather than look at a, you know, a two set old thing that definitely got a real buff and... Yeah, I, I I should try the green shadow with shooting starfruit because you can 
also have things like uh, the lily pad and the umbrella leaf to, to give it a little extra protection. For sure. So uh, lucky for us, the event card of the week, there's not much to say about it because uh, we want to talk about set four cards. Uh, the event card of the week is Stupid Cupid, uh, the four mana four two imp. When it when it comes into play, uh, it deals one damage to a plant, and that plant has zero attack that turn. Uh, and it is a crazy card. I think this card is neat. The magic player in me sees the parallels to Flame Tongue Kavu, the four mana four two that came in to deal four to something. Um, and so I think that that's funny. But I think that uh, unlike Flame Tongue Kavu, this card is pretty weak. I've never included it in a deck before, and you know, Infinity Imp deck. That's sure. That that can be a really good deck, and you know it's cool. Oh yeah, if you have Toxic Waste Nymph out, this automatically kills whatever it puts in play. And like, yeah, that sounds really cool in theory, but like, four mana is a lot to invest in that, and you know totally. you're probably going to be playing it on turn four, getting rid of that whatever right away. But like, the best time to see this card is when you conjure it off of Cosmic Imp, because then it just already has Deadly built in, and like that I can totally get behind. But yeah, I wouldn't bother going out of your way to put it in, in your deck. The the conjure mechanic makes it good for there to be cards like this in the pool that are like narrow, you know, probably not all-stars or even really auto-includes in decks, um, but that like every once in a while will come up and be like, hey, remember me? You just lost to me. Um, and so I think that that's neat. But like, you know, I, I would be inclined to treat this uh, weekly event card as, as a 250 spark disenchant. Uh, piece for sure rather than say more about that we're going to talk about some set four cards uh so mike what set four card would you like to do i want to talk about sunstrike this was a really interesting card caught my eye almost immediately when i was looking at the cards i didn't quite have yet and was one of the first things i made it is a four mana solar trick and it says all plants get strike through this turn and conjure a trick i really like this like this is a another win condition entirely like like, Strike Through is a very powerful buff, and the developers are definitely very prudent with what gets it and, you know, how high the attack is. So, like, you know, if you want something with good attack and Strike Through, you know, it needs to be either Astrocada or Elderberry or something like that. And this way you can give, you know, your entire field Strike Through and even, like, Cobb Cannon or Three-Headed Chomper or, you know, Magnifying Grass, as I have been trying to show in my Chomzilla deck. I really oh, yeah. especially like this card with Chomzilla for all of the buffing things that are at its disposal. You know, I'm I'm sure that there's a, a repeat moss deck out there, because, like, this is a way to get get by playing oh, a, yeah. a gravestone in front of your repeat moss. It's just, well, I don't care about that. I'm just going to go right through it and kill you. And, you know, it also gives you a card, and Conjure a Trick is a pretty good, like, that's a good enchantment in that, like, there's not really a one-mana, one-one equivalent of a trick. Like, the tricks are all way more proactive, and you might get something awesome, like Walnut Bowling. Yeah, I think this card is neat. It's hard to evaluate, I think. I don't know that I would use the word win condition uh, the way that you have here, because um, it definitely depends on you having a board already. Like, the bigger your board is, the more powerful this card is. And if you don't have a board, then it's kind of a dead draw. It's not like a finisher in the way that a control deck has finishers. It's um, It's more like a knockout blow. And so... The the way to play this card is to play sticky minions that have have resilience against removal and and can win fights so that they can 
exist for longer and give you time to play this trick. Another magic parallel, like magic players will overrun the the giant spell that gives all your creatures a huge buff and, you know, effectively the magic equivalent of strike through. And that is considered an amazing card because not just does it get the damage over to your opponent's face, it puts a bunch of damage onto the board so that even if you weren't in a position to win, you can still win. This very crucially does not have the buff component. It at its best is a component of a one-two punch. And I, I think you're right to point out that Chompzilla has the best pieces to do that with because of buffing and because of just the good rate you get off of uh, Mega Grow creatures. But yeah, whether, whether Sunstrike is at a competitive power level um, is a very interesting question that I don't think I could really guess right now. Yeah, the card that immediately comes to mind for me is going viral, and like, okay, this deck, this card yes, is not true. as good as going viral, but it has a similar like your things on the board will have a chance to attack your opponent directly when your opponent didn't think they would, and it gives you a card, and you know, okay, sure, it doesn't have the extra survivability, but I I see this as like not really a counter to like a field full of deadly stuff, but like a circumvention of it and being able to just hit them for a whole bunch of damage while they, you know, while you clear each other's fields with their little deadly one ones or whatever. I totally right there with you with the equivalent of going viral. Um, going viral is obviously pushed much harder. Whether this is similar enough to going viral, like power level wise, that the fact that it's a little bit worse still allows it to be playable is like a totally different thing. Um, and you like, you know, the fact you can have multiple plants in a lane makes this different than going viral in that way. Um, you know, bonus attacks are kind of a separate thing, or double strike that is. And uh, yeah, I think that this is just a neat way of like making like an overrun style effect in PBZ Heroes. All right. And what card do you have for us, Taylor? Uh, my card of the week is Strawberryan. Uh, it is a Kabloom card. It is a three mana three three uh, berry. And it says when you play a berry, do one damage to zombies here and next door. Uh, berry evolution, gain a berry blast. Uh, so that is a whole lot of stuff to pack into a 3-mana three 3-3. Three, three. This is definitely one of the marquee cards for plants in set 4, I think. You know, berries are a very strong class, and uh, this definitely slots right into a berry tribal. It's a very natural companion to high-voltage current, because not only can you evolve high-voltage current... Um, if you've got a high voltage current like downstream from Strawberryan, and you play a berry, uh, high voltage current's going to get plus three plus zero, oh, uh, and so that's like obviously nuts. An aggro deck's like biggest desire is to have a little bit of burn to kind of get you over the finish line. If like once you get to you know turn five or six and their creatures are outclassing yours, um, getting a berry blast off this thing, I think is pretty sweet. Um, and so uh, yeah, I expect to see this all over. Yeah, any card that can give you a berry blast i'm i'm gonna gravitate towards that especially for a, a three mana three three that's a really good body on curve and this is a lot of extra value i'll put in that like berry decks have been i've been seeing a lot of them especially solar flare and like you know like the getting the sergeant strongberry on a pair paradise loop or or whatever like there's all kinds of shenanigans you can do and this fits really well in there and also offers a a good crowd control alternative to uh, Grapes of Wrath. Or not Grapes of Wrath, Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes, yeah. When I wanted to just, like, play a Mondo aggro deck, um, I um, had a Strawberry deck that I was playing, and so it's, you know, Solar Flare aggro with just, like, 100% of the bottom end, so four Blooming Heart, four um, Pumpkin King, or Haunted Pumpkin, 
uh, four high voltage current and four um, primal sunflower. Uh, and um, because primal sunflower, uh, one of the big weaknesses of primal sunflower at first was there wasn't a good three to ramp into. Uh, Strawberry is quite a good three to ramp into um, because, you know, it's unlikely to die on turn two. Uh, and then on turn three, you can follow it up with some other berry, high voltage current, shelf mushroom, which there's also four of in here, berry blast. Um, and then you're going to get like maximum value off of the, um, the, the triggered ability on Strawberryan. And, you know, the triggered ability on Strawberryan, above and beyond, like, actually doing it and, like, destroying their board with it, um, it is really going to restrict, like, what they would play. Like, if you start a new turn with a Strawberryan on the board, um, suddenly, like, they have a whole bunch of extra stuff to think about as far as what's safe to play where. Um, and if you're, like, going up against a dancing deck, which is, like, strong aggro deck for players you want to shoot up the ladder, um, Strawberryan is, like, going to put them in a very difficult tactical bind where it's like the consequences of failure are high. Um, and so I love cards like that. I love making my opponents think. Um, and Strawberryan just like does everything I want. Yeah, if you go Sergeant, if you go Strawberryan into Sergeant Strongberry, that's three damage to three different zombies. And like that's, oh, yeah. that's something that Gloomshroom does, and that's a legendary that costs five. This is just kind of playing it on term, turn and getting that same level of crowd control without having to evolve any of your dudes. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, Strawberryan, I think, is just, like, a ton of value going into a 3-minute 3-3. Three, three. Like, 3-minute three 3-3 three, three is below rate, um, you know, at least as far as, like, the best cards around. But, like, you get so much more for your extra, for your mana, that, like, Strawberryan is, like, right where I want to be. Yeah, 3-mana three 3-3 three, three, that does something cool is, like, why I like Sporticus so much. For sure. This, this is actually very equivalent to Sporticus, I think, as far as, like, sort of coolness and power level. Sporticus is like three mana three three that you tech in against um you know like trickster type decks. Strawberryan is a three mana three three that you can tech in against like dancing decks, um, while also being like so good that even if you're not like getting a ton of value off its triggered ability, um, it's still like totally worth playing. Whereas like if they're not go ahead. Pet decks too. Like I've been seeing a lot more pet decks around and this this will take care of them before they get a chance to play Camel Crossing or stuff like that. Uh, okay, I think that's all about all I have to say. All right. It is class warfare time, and like we said before, our next class to focus on will be the solar plant class, which it started out as, like, not really much to think of, but has definitely become probably the strongest class, definitely of the last set and probably still of set four. Oh wow, that's quite a claim. Yeah, I'm. I, there's a lot of really good tools on its at its disposal. Uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly smacked me around with it in uh, in the refightening. Um, so uh, going through mechanically what it gets, um, I think the the most iconic thing that it gets is ramp. Um, you know, uh, sunflower and all that, all the stuff that makes extra sun goes into solar, um, and uh, you know, just kind of so it was. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, um, and I mean, that's, you know, that's a great thing to be able to do in card games to kind of, like, play your big thing, like, earlier than you're supposed to. Uh, it's a good way to feel um, feel like you're getting one over on your opponent. Um, and uh, it has a whole bunch of ways to do it. You know, it uh, notably doesn't have um, just a spell that does it, like uh, the zombies get. But, you know, there are 
any variety of creatures that all make extra sun. I mean, I suppose Solar Flare gets the superpower to do it, but... Ah, you know, uh, yes, that's true. That That is literally a sunflower, so it makes sense that they would be the gatekeeper of the best way to generate more sun faster. Totally. And then uh, kind of alongside the ramp uh, capability is the um, sun matters uh, as uh, to use magic plants. So that's like... Um, if you made X sun this turn, so that's, you know, stuff like uh, apple saucer uh, and then even uh, magnifying grass and things, um, you know, sage sage is like a really fun way to just kind of like ramp, but then also play a control game. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a fun dynamic going on in the solar class. Yeah. When when I f- was first playing around with the game and I saw that, like, oh, they have a whole color of the color pie dedicated to sunflowers, I guess. And I was really kind of concerned with, okay, how are you going to flush this out to make this interesting? Because, you know, in regular Plants vs. Zombies, sunflowers were very defensive and very one-note, and they had the one thing they did, and, you know, it was super necessary early on, but not really a lot of uh, other things you could do with sun stuff, and the the solar class definitely has a cool, diverse portfolio of, of things it can do. And even a cool, diverse portfolio of ways to ramp, you know, like there's not all the ramp stuff is created equal. And and it's a fun way to decide what ramp strategy is best for your deck. So, like, most decks are probably going to play Solar Winds just because Solar Winds is so good at what it does. But, like, you know, whether your ramp deck wants to play Toadstool or whether your ramp deck wants to play, you know, Sunshroom or Sunnier Shroom um, is, is a legitimate deck building consideration to make. Um, and so, you know, there's something really there to sink your teeth into for a, a strategic deck builder. Something else that the solar class gets is hard removal and just like killing zombies in general. Almost all of the best cards for for just straight up killing a zombie are solar class. So things like the squash, which is you know a really obvious simple card, and it uh, translated really well from the the Plants vs Zombies incarnate, where you put it here and it kills the first zombie to walk in front of it. Very simple to explain and understand. Five mana, kill a zombie, and that is how much killing a zombie is worth in this game, and just any zombie. And the fact that they also have things like the the whack-a-mole mallet for a, a three mana, kill any zombie with three attack or less. Like, that is that is one of the best cards out there right now, and for there sure. are so many things that can just kill without even needing to think about it, and that's, that, that's real nice to have. Yeah, and again, it's got a kind of a range of, like, you know, seriousness of that effect based on different mana costs, so, you know, you've got stuff like Chomper, um, which, you know, the four mana 2-2 that casts a mallet is obviously very good, but then, you know, on the higher end, you have things like Tactical Cuke, um, we're like so strong that it even affects you. Um, and I, I really like like creatively building around, um, uh, you know, cars that have a downside. Like I was saying, having the solar winds in play and then playing a tactical cuke um, and getting your extra sunflower at the end of the turn just like feels like you're getting away with something. You know, like it's it's just a very powerful thing to do. It's a it's a good um, deck building angle to take it. Uh, so something else we got going on here is strike through. So uh, this is definitely the class where the strike through game is at, you know, it's uh, like plants don't get frenzy. Uh, and so they get to deal their damage to the opponent's face, but you know, they don't have to survive in order to do it. And uh, so it's a, it's a cool way to either give aggro decks a little bit more reach um, or to, you know, sort of plink away a bit with a mid range deck to like slam your finisher and win all at once. Yeah. So that's uh, definitely a cool thing to do. Yeah. Strike through is one of the most interesting keywords that a card can have in my opinion. Like a, I really like the flexibility of being able to 
take care of an enemy and also do some damage at the same time, and it's balanced pretty well as far as how much attack a thing with strike through has. Like, you know, a power flower is a 3-5, but it has strike through, so that 3 means a lot more than just like a regular 3 attack creature would. As I was talking about earlier, Sunstrike I think is really cool, and like the fact that it can give uh, strike through to whatever you want it to is really fascinating to me. Yeah, even uh, Laser Beam, you know, like I've included Laser Beam as the top end in um, in various decks. I mean, a little bit less so lately now that um, Venus Flytrap Planet uh, requires the creature to survive. Um, and Laser Beam is pretty good at surviving. But, you know, unfortunately, the downside of, of like not gaining eight life when you expect it to, if they happen to have a barrel of barrels in hand, was enough to push me away from it. You know, as far as like a, a strike through finisher, uh, Laser Beam, I think, is um, not to be scoffed at. Even if, you know, mo- more modern cards like uh, Astrocado and um, Elderberry um, are uh, are kind of higher in power level. The next big thing that Solar gets is life gain. So um, you've got workhorsey stuff like um, Ketchup Mechanic, um, you know, all the way up to uh, kind of huge blowouts like Astrovira. Control decks want to gain life. Um, gaining life is good to win races. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of the things that solar decks get to do this was the perfect color to put the healing stuff in like you know healing was not really a thing in the regular plants versus zombies games and giving this as a a thing that solar heroes can do is a a really interesting boon and the healing itself like you know coming from hearthstone i'm used to things that heal you for that amount meaning that but in that game, you have 30 life total, and in this game, you only have only 20. So something like the the second greatest taco of all time that heals you for four is like four is a lot more meaningful of a of a healing amount than in other games. One of the things I like about it because um, you know one of the first things that Magic players learn is that cards that just do life are bad. Um, just like a spell that all it says is gain a few life. That's something that is really attractive to a new player um, that one of their first like level up moments is to realize like, Hey, this actually isn't doing what helps me win. It's just helping me like kind of temporarily not lose. And so um, in order to make those cards like playable and good, um, you can have kind of other things that write on the coattails of it. Um, So I think the, the clearest example of that, um, right now is Pepper MD, but back when Hardachoke was where it was at, like Hardachoke was the thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think in our our kind of modern um, Allosaurus world, Pepper MD is the the better place to go for that sort of effect. But you know, like taking something that's like generally a bad idea, aka healing yourself and doing nothing, and turning it into something that's great is just one of those ways to like build around a downside. Um, and you know, like that's very rewarding when you get to do it right. That's something else I like about just the way the healing cards are designed is that none of them are just the gain five health and do nothing else. Like every healing card has something else to it, either giving you a a creature attached to it or taco drawing you a card or, or whatever. Like all of the healing stuff has some kind of secondary coolness to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, tribally, the biggest uh, marquee tribe in solar is definitely flowers all the way down from sunflower uh, to, um, everybody's favorite legendary that they're not mad at at all, Briar Rose. Briar Rose is like, you don't even need other flowers to make it great. Um, and when, like, killing a sunflower also costs them a creature uh, because Briar, there's a Briar Rose sitting behind it, um, that's just, like, it stings. <laughs> yeah, Briar Rose definitely is the engine that makes the flower decks go, and we 
Definitely didn't see nearly this much flower action back when it was a six-cost card. Oh, damn, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was one of, when they did the big rarity shift and they upgraded Briar Rose from a super rare to a legendary, they cut the cost by two, and it definitely shows. And oh, with, yeah. with stuff like Solar Winds, you can get it out on turn three and have something else to protect it and kill a dude. That's like a trick-or-treater level power bump, you know what I mean? Like, take something that wasn't in the right place to really affect anything and turn it into, like, an absolute juggernaut. Yeah, and, you know, Briar Rose also is very uh, frustratingly statted in that, like, it, you know, it can't be killed by Rocket Science or Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and, you know, now this new, the new Knockout card is something that very much seems like a Briar Rose counter, for sure. Like, you know, even when Final Mission came out, like, that, a big appeal of Final Mission mm. was being able to, you know, sacrifice your little 1-1 to kill a Briar Rose, and that was a really good use of it. Yeah, definitely sniping a Briar Rose is uh, something that you want to do. Tribally, there's not a ton else going on. You know, they get a little bit of beans, they get a little bit of mushrooms. Uh, one of the things we notice is they also get fly traps, kind of a, like, untapped uh, tribal tribal thing going on right now. Yeah, it almost seems like a half-joke tribe in that, like, we don't want to make these flowers that are, you know, we don't want these to be flower flowers, but we should figure out some other different name for them to come into because you got like three-headed chomper and one-headed chomper and i guess now thing and also the the little tutu that heals you and the the environment it also has some squashes which is a little weird and i guess maybe because they're like yellowish in color they got put in the solar Mm. class like i can't really explain otherwise why a haunted pumpkin being a a one mana four two would get put into the solar class which is definitely more of a control long game kind of thing and doesn't have a lot of good statted cheap creatures yeah that is a bit of an oddball for sure i wonder what the like actual like genetic situation is like i wonder if i wonder how close fly traps and flowers are to each other on like a cladogram or whatever i bet if they are like super genetically distinct that uh that it would make sense for them to be their own separate thing but yeah i mean maybe we'll see some fly trap synergy in um in an upcoming set release and i wonder you know it's been a while since i've gone back to plants for zombies 2 and um you know i wonder what uh kind of fly trap type things there are in there or like garden warfare i know almost nothing about um but you know like guy with like big scary jaws or whatever like totally seems like something that would would go into a shooter game and uh yeah i wonder if there's something on the horizon there uh, all right, so like we do every time, we're going to give some recommendations for cards to craft from uh, super rare event cards and legendaries. Uh, so, Mike, why don't you go first? What super rare would you craft? Uh, the super rare that I would craft is the Wingnut, the 4-mana 3-7 that keeps the zombie from doing bonus attacks. And we had a listener write in a couple of months ago wondering if this was like a pushed or forced card because it was very unique and very... Uh, strongly statted and we kind of brushed it off but now in the mustache monument world we're living in i am definitely relying more on that as a as a wrench to throw into their plans because stopping bonus attacks from zombie players is such a big boon you know not only does it stop stuff like trickster and mustache monument but it also stops things with frenzy from going after you Mm -hmm. and that that's a big thing and having seven health means it's pretty much only susceptible to like a you know once again knockout or exploding fruitcake it's an interesting like it's very clearly a metagame addition you know like put in to tamp down the power level of things like trickster and and to open up further design space to make bonus attacks not just like run roughshod all over everything it's 
it's a pretty difficult place to put an interaction point um, because like the whole nature of a bonus attack is that, you know, it, in, it interrupts everything and the plant doesn't get to do anything to stop it. And so if you want to like meaningfully interact with that ability, um, it needs to be something that's hard to remove and sticks around so that it lasts into the time when the zombie player would be doing the bonus attack. Um, and so I could see this being kind of a scary card to print from a game design perspective, because like if it ends up being too good, um, and like locks down future ability to explore bonus attacks because they're just all worthless um, because this is just unstoppable. Then you'd have to, you know, print something that that tamps it down or maybe nerf it. Um, and you know, knockout is definitely like knockout hitting stuff with three power. Um, I think Wingnut is like definitely on its hit list. When I'm running solar decks up against a hardy hero uh i suppose like okay do i use this knockout card on a briar rose or a wingnut is you know that's an interesting either or decision and yeah kind of damned if you do damned if you don't Yeah, the fact that you can have eight of those cards and the opponent can only have four knockouts gives you a little bit of advantage as long as they don't have like three of them in their hand which that'll happen sometimes and you just gotta suck it up that's when you deploy your uh, chum champions all right and what's your pick for a super rare uh, my pick for Super Rare is Solar Winds. Two mana solar environment from Galactic Gardens. Uh, end of turn, if there are no zombies here, make a sunflower here. This card is just really cool. Um, on its face, it's a ramp card, but it is actually like kind of a whole bunch of other stuff. Curves real great into into uh, Elderberry, like we said. It's a good way to like deploy a team-up thing to hide something good behind. And um, just kind of like a fun way to get little incremental bits of advantage um, it's fragile in that way that environments are, especially since um, there is a new one-mana environment that zombies got in this set, or rather, not new-new, but like you can just put Trapper Territory in your deck now. And uh, Trapper Territory kind of hoses Solar Winds pretty bad. Uh, you know, gets rid of your environment and the one damage kills your Sunflowers. So, like, boo if that happens. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, um, you're on your way to ramping into stuff quite effectively. So, yeah, I would pick Solar Winds. That's a good choice, and there are a lot of games that are decided on whether or not you're able to keep that solar winds down on turn two, or, you know, if your opponent plays Meteor Z or Black Hole or whatever, you're just kind of screwed. But yeah. if, you, if you can get that solar winds going and, you know, keep it cranking for a couple of turns, you can get six mana on turn four really quick and have some team up things for, like, your Cobb Cannon or Tricorn or whatever have you. And, you know, Elderberry also, like we said, works phenomenally with this getting that on turn three is real great and briar rose having a little creature to protect it is real nice speaking of which briar rose is my pick for a legendary because oh, like yeah. of everything we've been saying for the last 10 minutes and you know happy valen brains and i hope that if you uh saw the the briar rose package for sale that you got a few if you didn't have any because it's such a good plant legendary and like, there's so many things that it can counter. Like, the fact that it can kill stuff with immune is such mm -hmm. a huge boon. And, yeah, it's it's so great for all the reasons we just said. Yeah, it's really at the top of the heat as far as, um, as, far as legendaries go, I think. Definitely on my short list of, like, legendaries at all to craft. Um, and um, For sure. Yeah, just kind of does everything you want. Um, my pick for legendaries is, I think, Astro Vera. Um, although I will say that the the rest of the legends in the solar class are are on a pretty pretty similar power level to each other. Um, they all they all have different levels of like enabling certain stuff. So like 
you know, Allosaurus is like clearly a build around me, whereas Cobb Cannon is like more of a just a generically good thing. Um, and Cornucopia is like, you know, your giant like Timmy. It's like the um, kind of the plant equivalent of um, Bad Moon Rising or Zombot. as just like this is your giant thing to reward you from ramping real hard. Um, but I think the best thing out of that mix is Astrovira, the eight mana five five. Uh, when you play it, uh, increase your hero's maximum health by 10 and then heal your hero for 10. So this is the only thing in the game that does that, that increases your maximum health. And so that's a cool thing for a legend to do. We've we've mentioned in the past it's parallels to Reno Jackson, uh, the Hearthstone card of yesteryear that if you build your deck in a certain way, it just healed your hero up to full. You know, like that enabled a whole new class of deck in Hearthstone. And I think that Astrovira, especially Pear Paradise Astrovira, is just like a cool thing to do in this game that's like really you don't get to explore any other way. Yeah, it's great. It's I think the only Galactic Gardens legendary I don't have any of yet and like I remember when the Hard Choke decks first came out, this was seen as such a huge knockout slam because healing for 10 and also doing 10 damage to your opponent in one block meter change chain was so huge and Hard Choke turned healing into an attack thing, but mm-hmm. healing also will deprive a lot of zombie decks from just being able to win it all because mm-hmm. so many like fast-paced aggro rush decks are designed around being able to get 20 damage and empty your hand where you know yeah, if, they, exactly. if they go from 2 to 12 and you have one card in your hand you're kind of screwed. Yeah, for sure. Like it's it's very common in um in card games like this that the the most well-tuned aggro deck is kind of like meant to deal pretty much exactly whatever your opponent's starting life total is maybe a little bit more if there's some healing like kind of baked into the game at the start but yeah even if you don't double up on it gaining 10 is oftentimes oftentimes enough to seal the deal uh so finally the event card that i would pick is uh our good pal pumpkin boy haunted pumpkin uh the one mana four two squash that says when played the zombie player conjures a monster and so uh when this first came out we did not know what to think of it because the monster, a monster that you could get off of it was the haunted zombie, you know, the two mana two one that made a two one. And uh, that was just like such bad news to give your opponent that we were like, I don't know about that. Um, and then all the other monsters were so strong. We were like, man, I guess you really got to kill him quick or else or else this card doesn't really work. But it turns out this card is quite good at killing him quick and um, is most certainly a four of in the lowest to the ground plant aggro decks that you'll find and so uh while this is a narrow card i think that it is definitely strong enough uh that like if a player that doesn't have a ton of cards wants to shoot up the ladder you know playing a cheesy fast aggro deck is one of the best ways to do it uh and that pumpkin boy is well at home in those decks yeah if you have solar flare and you want to put everything you have into building one really strong plant deck then building like that the high-end aggro solar flare is the probably the best choice you can make, and this fits really well in that home. The The event card I'm picking is the Ketchup Mechanic, another card that we've talked about on the show before. I think go back to, like, episode 3 or something to hear our full breakdown of Ketchup Mechanic, but it is a 3-mana 1-1 one, one that, when you play it, it gets one attack and one health and heals you for one for every zombie on the board. So it's a great way to catch up, haha, get it, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, be able to give yourself a little bit of healing if you're facing any kind of zombie deck with a bunch of cheap things and like give yourself a four attack four health creature on on turn three that is a a real big boon the only downside though is like 
It's not as good if you're at full health or if your opponent is playing any kind of control deck. But mm-hmm. I I think it has become like my go-to thing to tech in healing, uh, you know, other than pop and poppies for guardian cards. But like as far as solar cards goes, this is my favorite way to heal. I like it. You know, I was pretty tossed up between, you know, okay, do I do this or taco? And being able to just have that, that little extra creature gives you a lot more versatility. Yeah, I think I would honestly pick Ketchup Mechanic over taco almost every time. Um, you need to be really not concerned about what's going on, on the board for Ketchup Mechanic to to lose out to Taco, in my opinion. The the fact that they only need two creatures in order for this to be like a vanilla with upside, um, and, you know, vanillas with upside are quite good, as we've been saying. And the fact that it can be three mana, four, four that gains you three, you know, that's great. Like, all of a sudden, it goes from pretty good to great with just a single extra creature added to the board. And so, uh, yeah, I think the catch mechanic is, is just an excellent uh, way to dominate the board. And, um, and personally... Um, being like a game design nerd that I am, this is like a, by a million percent my favorite pun in the game because cards and stuff that let you win from behind or get you back up to parity when you're behind are literally called catch-up mechanics. It's a pun that speaks to me personally, like very strongly, uh, and I love it. The fact that it's attached to a great card just like makes it all the better. Uh, and so yeah, catch-up mechanic is A number one. It's time to pick our favorite solar heroes. I'm going to have to go with Solar Flare because uh, I like aggro decks. I like to play burn spells, uh, and Solar Flare is definitely good at that. And uh, yeah, she's just cool looking. She's got her, like, Chandra goggles, you know, just, like, cool-looking superhero. Very good choice, yeah. I'm definitely a big fan of Solar Flare as well. I'm going to pick Rose as my favorite Solar Hero because I like how, you know, if you're going to build a Solar deck, you're probably making a control deck, and Rose is very much suited for making control things and I you know I had a lot of fun playing around with the the deck from our from our cook fight last week and like I I like that there's stuff like tricorn and mm. such to ramp out to and like you know brainana and dark matter dragon fruit and like all sorts of really high cost creatures with with cool effects and, you know now, now I can I got a bird of paradise in a multi pack I opened this week so I can start putting that into every rose deck I make totally and like I'm I'm definitely going to keep playing around with uh with Sunstrike, like Sunstrike on a Tricorn is something that I'm that that's that is <laughs> yeah. like, that's the dragon I'm chasing right now. That's that's pretty dirty. Well, that's gonna do it for episode twenty one of Shroom for Two. It's been uh, it's been cool to be on this journey with all you guys. Um, you know, getting um, our second uh, YouTube playlist up, I think, um, is a is a good milestone for or getting our second uh, sort of like host host fight up is a cool milestone for the game. Um, and um, I'm just really excited to do crazy crap with set four. Yes, and uh, thank you to the 30-some people who watched all of those, and I'm really looking forward to delving more into set four. I didn't, I haven't played as much as I would have liked to because of other stuff distracting me, but there's definitely still a lot to dive into. Like, we haven't even touched pet decks yet and, and plenty mm-hmm. of stuff like that, and if you would like to help steer the course of our conversation, you can get in touch with us at shroomfor2podcast at gmail.com to send us some listener mail or some cool decks you're playing with. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, I um, whenever I'm looking at the Reddit, I will often see people either asking questions in threads or just kind of like talking about some particular thing that we mentioned on the show. You know, and I try to plug the show to them, say like, hey, if you're 
interested in hearing about the distinctions between an aggro deck, a mid-range deck, and a control deck, listen to Shroom for Two because we talk about that all the time. Um, or, you know, like get a ton of examples of, of different cool decks to play. And uh, yeah, I think that um, the best thing for you all to do if you're into the show is to just like tell people about the show. But there's a ton of people on the Reddit who would love the show, but just like don't check it enough to see our shows go up or, you know, like maybe they saw it and they were thinking about checking it out, but then they just, you know, never ended up doing it. So yeah, send us questions, tell people about the show. Yeah, I want to keep doing the show and I uh, definitely want as wide an impact in the community as we can get. All that and more next time on Shroom for Two. And until then, I'm Mike. And I'm Taylor. See you next time, everybody. Happy Valenbrains. Happy Valenbrains. Happy Valenbrains.